Hello and welcome to the June 15th edition of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mark Shorten. Apologies for the delay. It's been a couple of weeks since I've put out a last podcast. And going to be honest, it's because I've, I've started a new job being absolutely hammered by that. So it's taken a hell of a lot of my... Um, of my focus, and it just meant that I haven't been able to watch a lot of games. I haven't been able to record a podcast. Um, I've purely just been working, working at that. But no excuses. I will aim to be better. So, um, yeah. Once again, apologies. But how good are the playoffs going at the moment? I have absolutely loved seeing a lot of these teams that are somewhat underdogs going into the start of this season. Um, really being able to to showcase themselves and really being able to to show that if you're not a team in LA or you're not a team in New York, that you've actually got a, a presence in the postseason, which I thought was really, really cool. Mainly talking about your Phoenixes, your Utahs, your Milwaukee's, they're playing really well, Atlanta playing really well. Just good to see some new teams up there as opposed to the old teams that are always up there, Golden States, LA, Miami, Toronto, San Antonio, um, any team that Durant's on. It's good to see Boston. Like It's good to see all of these teams that aren't usually in the postseason doing really well in the postseason. So I think it's really, really healthy for the NBA long-term as well and really good for fantasy value going into next year because it's going to make decisions really hard at the top end of the drafts and it's going to go really, really deep. The first round could go really, really deep and we could be looking at Oh, close to 20 people that could justifiably be going in the 6 to 15 range. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what we're all here for. That's what you guys are listening for, not to talk about um, different calls or different um, games and running through those game logs. It's to talk about the fantasy side. So what I wanted to do for this podcast is to go through and Still going through my review side. Obviously, I went through the the award show last time and said that I was going to go through my top 10 predictions. Going through those tonight as I've been writing some notes, some of them, I, some of them I've been pretty happy with. Some of them I've, I, I am giving myself a pass mark and I think that I've been able to hit the nail on the head. Some of them through to, yeah, Due to injuries, due to trades, I am not embarrassed, but it's still it's not great. It's not great, but we get cracking. So number ten, I said that Jason Tatum was going to have a breakout year. So I did this right at the start of the year. I think this was maybe my tenth ever show. So it was before the season started. So when you hear some of these, you're going to think how ridiculous, given the current circumstances, but. Yeah, I'm going to preface it by saying I did it at the start of the year before the the regular season even started. So number 10, I said that Jason Tatum was going to have a breakout year, live up to the hype, and finish as a top five player in both eight and nine category leagues. Reason being for that, he was coming along really, really well in the years previous. 24-7-3 last year. Biggest improvement was his consistent three-point shot and his percentages, and he was then as progressions happen, whenever you're a, a budding superstar, you become the team, um, you become the best player on the team and you become the, the focal point on the team. And Jason Tatum had that this year. Arguably, he had it towards the end of the, the year prior, but he had that this year. 
And I would say that at times he maybe struggled a bit with that. He struggled having the number one defender on him. He struggled to stay healthy at times. And he did have games where he absolutely annihilated it. Obviously, the playing game was ridiculous. And he's going to have a great career. He's going to have a really good season next year. But he didn't finish in the top five, as I said he would. He finished the season top 11 in eight category leagues and 13th in nine category leagues, which effectively is bang on parts of where he was drafted in, in most formats. So if you got him and you were okay with his performance, happy with his performance, fine. It's it's exactly what you would have expected whenever you drafted him. I personally thought he was going to go a little bit more than that, a little bit better, but can't win them all. Um, number nine, this is, yeah, this is probably my, one of my worst. So I said Devin Booker will average 30 points per game and Phoenix will miss the playoffs again. And, man, I was so wrong with that. He averaged 26 points. So, yeah, okay. Um, he still had a, a decent year. But the Suns are absolutely killing it in the postseason. They've just swept Denver. Uh, Suns in four, if anybody's seen that video. Atrocious stuff. And to be fair, they probably would have slept, swept the um, the Lakers if CP3 was healthy. The other side of that coin is if Anthony Davis was healthy, maybe they would have lost. But they didn't. They got through. They've lost one game so far this postseason and... I think it's only one, maybe two. And they have looked so, 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 so good. CP3, holy cow. I knew he was good, but he is just absolutely commanding the floor whenever he is on there. He just, he looks so in control all the time, no matter what point of the game it is. He's just in slow motion and slow motion in a good way. He's got all the time in the world, doesn't make a mistake. I think he went something like 21 assists in a row without a turnover. Awesome stuff. I know you're probably not playing fantasy this late into the year, but if you are playing DFS and you've got CP3, if you're running CP3, you've got to be happy with him. He's just been absolutely killing it. Next year, I've never targeted CP3 or haven't for about five years because I thought he was just every year was going to be, yeah, this is the season that he falls off. This is the season he falls off, but I think next year I'm going to go for him, especially in a nine-category league. He's just so good on the assist side without those turnovers. And there's not that many players that have got high assists, low turnovers. So he's definitely one that I'm going to be targeting. And I have been jotting down some players about those sort of areas. So I'll do that when we come into um, draft window um, going into next season, just those players who are high assist, low turnover guys. Number eight, Miles Turner. I said that he's going to shake off the slump of the year that he had and he's going to lead the league in blocks. I will say that I nailed that one. Um, he's my boy. I love Miles Turner. I get him every year. I get him early every year and I'm never disappointed. He had 3.4 blocks this year, 0.7 higher than the next best blocker in the game. Defensive player of the year, back-to-back in Rudy Gobert. And, man, Miles Turner, he's going to be high on people's draft boards. I don't think he's going to replicate it going into next year. He's not going to get much more than 3.4 blocks per game. And I think that they're going to break up the tandem of Sabonis and Turner. So I'm happy with the year that he had. He took me a long way. He took me into a lot of grand finals. And 
I was really happy with his performance and 3.4 blocks is more than what I expected him to have. I thought he was going to go close to three. thought he'd be like a 2.8 sort of guy, but yeah, 3.4 was huge. And if you got him in your third, fourth, fifth round, then yeah, congratulations. You've got yourself a really good player there. Number seven, I said DeJounte Murray was going to win the league or will win the league in steals with over two per game. So he he averaged 1.5, which was on like 14th best, and that's per game. But due to his level of consistency, he stays on the court, rarely gets injured. He finished sixth overall in total steals. So what I would say is that if I'm looking at my guys for steals next year, I suppose even from all my my blocks um, and my steals are probably the two big ones, those two counting stats, I would be looking at the level of consistency in games played. So I don't think that, yeah, the 1.5 is probably going to push him down the board a little bit, but because he plays every game, he is going to be their focal point moving forward. He is going to, and he, every, every single game he does something, whether it's a lot of assists, whether that's some decent points, whether that's a lot, whole bunch of steals, he always does something. Um, so yeah, finished sixth overall. Didn't get that one exactly, but still happy with how he went this year. Number six, I said Norman Powell is going to win the sixth man of the year if he stays in Toronto. So that was off the back of the last, I think maybe 15, 20 games that he played the year before per 36 stats of 20 points, 2.73s on 50% from the field. Serviceable eight round guy, 1.4 steals per 36 as well. Obviously, per 36 doesn't always equate to what you would get should you be playing 36 minutes, if that makes sense. Like usually because they are smaller sample sizes, you come on, you hit the ground running, you bring high energy, and that's what those bench players are in the side to do. But I reckon if he stayed in Toronto, he was going to win the sixth man of the year. The stats were there. He had 18.5 points, 2.4 triples, 1.2 1.2 steals and 48% field goal. That's not too far off those per 36 stats that I just read. His ADP next year, it's going to be super, super interesting. I think that they're going to mix things up a bit in Portland. I think that one of Lillard or CJ McCollum are going to go. I think Nert could probably go as well. And I think that he is going to be somebody who's going to have more usage next year. So if he is, yeah, obviously we're talking early days. He could be in the 70s. He could be in the 60s. But, I mean, if you look at the ADPs of him and you look at the ADP of somebody like CJ McCollum, a couple of points different, a couple of assists different, that's it. And you would have had oh, you would have had probably 100, um, 100 positions between the two. So Norman Powell, I reckon he would have won sixth man of the year if he stayed in Toronto. So... I am going to talk that up as a win just because there is a lot of here. There's a lot of negatives here. So I'm going to talk that one up as a win as well. Number five, I had Luka Doncic is going to increase his free throw percentage to 80%, finish inside the finish inside the top three for eight categories, but not nine. So Luka had a good year. Luka is a really, really good player for fantasy. He didn't finish inside the top three, um, nor did he get his percentages to to 80, didn't even come close. He had 71% from the line. Sorry, that was 80% from the from the line, not from the field. Um, so he had 71% from the line and finished 17th in eight category leagues. 
which was a lot worse in nine category leagues. So the the biggest draw card to Luca is massive points, big threes, going to get you nearly 10 boards a game, going to get you 12, maybe not 12, but going to get you around about 10 assists per game. Now, I am not as big on Luca. I, I would have said it all year, would have said it at the start of the year, I'm not big on Luca for the sides that I like to build. He's just a bit too one-dimensional for me. Bad percentages, bad defensive stats, turns the ball over a lot. That's not a good fantasy player in my eyes. That is a good version of Russell Westbrook. In fact, that's probably even a bad version of Russell Westbrook. And yeah, I'm not surprised that he finished 17th in the in the league in eight category because of that free throw. If he had got his free throw up, then I think he would have been there. But yeah, obviously I didn't talk nine categories because he's um, his turnovers are enormous. Um, but yeah, next year, next year I think Luca again is going to get overdrafted. But if he is sitting there, he I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I would be surprised if he was around the the tenth mark on on ADP because he will go top three. But yeah, I won't be touching him there. Number four, I said, oh, wowie. Number four, I said, Luke Kennard is going to be a 20-6 and six player this year. Now, I said that before he got sent to the Clippers, and he was coming off the back of um, finishing the year in Detroit really well. They didn't have a point guard at that point. That was before they drafted Killian Hayes, I'm pretty sure. he. They got rid of a lot of their players and they, yeah, he was the guy. He was the only guy on the roster that was going to make a splash and his usage was going to be huge. I still think he has the potential to be a 20 and six guy. It was really disappointing to see his year in, um, in LA this year because I, I think it's a usage thing. Um, I think he needs to get a little bit more acclimatized and have more minutes. And I think he will now that they've gotten rid of, uh, Lou Williams, I think they got Luke Kennard in knowing that they were going to lose Lou or move on Lou. But I, yeah, I think he has the potential to go to go really close to a twenty and six if they mix things up next year. Because Kawhi and PG, I think they've both got player options. If they don't return and they're in a rebuilding phase, Luke Kennard is somebody I'm going to target really, really heavily because he has got the potential to be a really solid player. Not going to be a superstar, but just a really solid player, like a a Gordon Hayward light sort of player um, who was really good this year. Number three, I said Kevin Porter Jr. will be the waiver wire pickup of the year, average 16, 5, and 5 with combined two steals and blocks or two stocks. He, again, this was before everything that happened with, I don't remember exactly what happened. All I remember is that there was a suspension, there was an injury, there was an arrest, there was a whole bunch of stuff. He was dropped um, from the Cavs. Everything just went wrong. Um, and then there was a hiatus before he got to to Houston. But since he was there, 16.6, 4, 6, and 1, a combined steal and block. Those stats are eerily similar to what I predicted besides the, the steals and blocks. But he is, if you're in an eight-category league, he's somebody that you should be really targeting next year. Nine-category, he's going to turn the ball over a ton. Um, but, yeah, 
I I think that he would have gone really close to being the way of wire pickup of the year should he have played the full season. I don't ha- don't know how much I trust him. I don't know how much I trust him to stay healthy or to stay out of trouble, but he's really got one chance left in the NBA. So hopefully he doesn't blow up because he's such a good talent. And it was really, really good to see him ball out towards the end of the year. So, um, so yeah, so that's number three. Number two, I – yeah, this one didn't win me too many friends, but I said whether he stays or goes, Giannis will finish the season ranked outside the top 15 overall in both eight and nine category leagues. So I believe that that was – and it's weird to think that there was a lot of rumors about him going across to Miami. Um, He was out of contract and they had – this was before the – I think this is before Drew got moved across, but I could be wrong. Um, And this was before the um, Bogdanovich um, suspected move. But, yeah, there was a lot of talk about whether or not they – Giannis moves. He obviously stayed playing some really good basketball at the moment and I would love to see the Bucks get over the Nets just because I don't I'm not a Kyrie guy I just think that he's got a lot of issues and I don't think the basketball and being the focal point or being in the media same as KD actually I don't think either of them should be in the media I think they should both get off the the socials because it's not great for their mental health but hey I'm not their counsellor um, so yeah I said Giannis is going to finish the season ranked outside the top 15 overall in both eight and nine category leagues. Basis of that, similar to what I said about Luca, he, a lot of his, a lot of what made Giannis Giannis and what made him an absolute monster in fantasy was his defensive stats. Every year besides this year, they dropped off and they were dropping off by 0.2, 0.3 every single year. To the point that last year, he finished the season with point. 1.1, I think, hold on, 1.1 steal, 1.1 block. This year, for the regular season, 1.1 steal, 1.2 blocks. Not that much of a difference. His points went down. His rebounds went up. Assists pretty much said the same. Free throws went down. Um, field goal, field goal, Marginally went down, not too much, and his turnovers, um, his turnovers went down. So actually, sorry, I read that the wrong way. Turnovers went down, free throw went up, field goal went up, um, rebounds went down, and points went down as well. Threes also went down. So played more minutes as well. So overall, his stats regressed based on last year. Um, I think that they're likely to regress again. He is someone who they need him so much on the offensive end that he is going to lack quite a bit on the defensive end. He's still obviously an athletic freak. He's still going to get his arms out. He's still going to intercept the the ball in the lane. He's going to have chase down blocks. He's going to pick his moments. But gone are the days of him just bouncing around the court and doing whatever the hell he wants. So um, did I nail that one? I didn't exactly. He finished 12th overall in eight category leagues and 18th overall in nine category leagues. And given that he would have been top five drafted, that's a pretty disappointing finish if you drafted him in nine category leagues and you drafted him high. And the number one call that I made, and I'm going to double down on it um, for next year, is Zion Williamson 
will finish the year ranked outside the top 75 in both eight and nine category leagues. I didn't win too many friends on that one either. And he played, he had a much better year than what I was expecting, to be perfectly honest. I didn't think that he was going to be as good on the defensive end. I didn't think he was going to get as many steals and blocks as what he did. Um, not that he was an, a juggernaut by any means, uh, but he had his games where he'd get two or three. He had his games where he'd get um, two or three on both steals and blocks. So um, he'd have his games where he gets six or seven assists. And he was just an absolute monster at putting the ball into the ring. It's hard to say that that's your shooting percentage because I don't recall seeing him put up a shot. I'm pretty sure he just dunked them all. So he is obviously always going to have a high field goal percentage. But yeah, 48th in eight category leagues, 64th in nine category leagues. The biggest disappointment for him from my side was the fact that he was drafted inside the top 25 in pretty much every single league, whether eight or nine category. And that's because of his name value and what you need to look at to be successful in fantasy is look past that name value. If Zion's there 65, 75 next year, go for it. I've got no issues. I don't think he's going to be that great, but Hey, he's an excitement machine. You want to draft players. You want to watch as well. You don't want to draft boring players, but I, I think he's going to go top 20 next year and I will not be touching him at that and I will be shocked. It's going to happen, so I'm not going to be shocked, but it's just, yeah, I just don't think he's going to get there, um, especially given doesn't shoot a three, doesn't really can't make free throws. He gets there on such high volume as well. He was going at like nine a game and only making it just under 70%. That is, that is, that hurts so, so much. Um, Three turnovers a game. Yeah. 27 points on 61% shooting, though. That anchors you. That is huge. Um, if you can get him and you can get him later, as I mentioned, seventh round, something like that, even as early as the sixth, that's okay as well, as long as you draft some people around him. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be touching him because I think it was massive bust this year. So that is me. That is the year I had. So if we had... Um, what did I so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So three out of the seven, sorry, three out of the ten, I got somewhat right. Um, I was designing them to be a bit of a hot take, some of them 10 through to one, but um, I'll be coming back again with that next year. Don't know what I'm going to do. Don't know who I'm going to target just yet, but you can be absolutely sure that Isaiah Stewart's going to be in there. Something stupid about him being inside the top 20 at the end of the year or something crazy like that. Um, Or Trey Young having to bounce back and being a, a weapon and not turn the ball over at all or something stupid. But um yep, that's that's it for for this week. I will endeavor to get one out for you next week. I'm gonna review the the sleepers and the bus that I had going into the year. I'm also gonna look at a couple that I really like going into next year as well. Um, obviously that can change through trades. But yeah, that's all I got for you. If you haven't already make sure you hit the subscribe button and follow for a few things over the break 
hopefully you've got a couple of bets on in the upcoming games and hopefully they get the job done for you. But until next time, yeah, don't forget to rate and subscribe.